Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. On SEM, your home of sport. Time on with Jack Everett. On a day where it's back to the drawing board for Travis Old and the AFL with more governments keeping Victorians out and throwing this fixture into further disarray. Good evening and welcome to Time On here on SEN. Coming up this hour, a lot of discussion about the state of the game. We're going to put that aside for this hour. Talk about the performances, individual or team, that have gone under the radar. And there'd be a few, so there's a lot to talk about. Champion of the Brisbane Football Club, Alistair Lynch will also join me later on this hour. We'll talk about the Suns. We'll talk about the Queensland teams potentially on the move and his views on Matt Rowe because everyone's got one. It's going to be a jam-packed edition of Time On. It's after six o'clock. It is Tuesday, the 30th of June. We're halfway through what's been a shocking year already. My name's Jack Heverin. It's a great day to be alive and nice to be with you tonight. Lots to discuss in this hour. 1300 736 736 is the number on the phone. On the text, you can join me. 0433 98 11 16. Still to come tonight, the Melbourne Storm Hour and Melbourne City Hour. But let's zone in on what's been another action-packed day a lot going on not a good day for victoria as a suburb 36 suburbs and 10 postcodes have been put on lockdown and there'll be implications that spread even further than that as far as the fixture as far as the competition and well it was a week ago last tuesday i was in this chair and i said at this stage that i thought it was looking more and more likely that the most sensible thing to do would be to pick the competition up and move it take all of the teams out of victoria divide them into a number of hubs for at least the next five or six weeks until we work out what's going on and until Victoria can try and get some sort of control of these skyrocketing COVID numbers. Um, I would say a week on that that's looking even more and more likely. Um, and it's to me, it's not a question of if, it's now a question of when they do it. I suspect that we'll get the weekend's footy out of the way, but after that, you wonder whether it's time to get all the teams on the move. I want to talk about performances that have gone under the radar. As I say, there's there's no doubt that the flavour of the day and the flavour since the, the weekend finished has been the state of the game. And I think there's some really, really valid points that have been made uh, and a lot that I agree with. One thing 
I love footy as much as as much as all of us do. So it's hard sometimes to to look it in the eye like this and say that there's a bit of a problem. But there is, and there are all sorts of theories and ways that it can be fixed. I, I don't have the immediate answer, but I do accept that the game itself right now is is not how it should look, and it's not what we want it to be. It's not stuffed. It's not beyond repair, but it's going to need some tweaks for sure. But what I want to do this hour is just put that aside. Uh, If you've had your chance to have your say on it today on any of our shows or on social media, thank you for being part of the, the discussion. I want to put it aside for this hour because it's not going away. And I don't want to bang it to death. What I want to talk about this hour, one 736 736 or on the text, 0433981116. Let's talk about the performances that deserve a pump up for the weekend. And we sometimes do under the radar on a Tuesday. It feels very appropriate to do under the radar tonight because of the fact that we haven't spent a lot of time talking about the footy, the results and the performances from the weekend. So it's a chance to pump up someone from your team. It's a chance to pump up your team in general. If you think they went well on the weekend and you liked what you saw, one 736 On the other side of the scale too, if you think you saw something on the weekend that has gone under the radar that wasn't up to the standard, up to the level, let's have a chat about that as well. 0433981116. I want to talk about Tom Papley. I want to talk about Jared Witts and David Cunningham in a couple of moments as well. But to some injury news, and there's a lot of it that's surfaced in the last four to six hours. Let's start with Richmond. David Asprey to miss the next four to five weeks. He's got cartilage, cartilage damage in his knee. Uh, we'll undergo an arthroscope and uh, that procedure should clean it up, should sort things out. But that's, that's a decent chunk of time for a man who is so crucial to the way that Richmond set up down back. A lot of things aren't working for Richmond at the moment, but uh, one thing you can rely and depend on is David Asprey consistently working. He's not going to be there for a period of time. Rory Sloan for the Crows is in doubt, is carrying an ankle injury and a couple of his teammates have done interviews and said that he's kind of hobbling around at training. So you'd think that he's less likely than likely. Why would you risk him? To be honest, the way the Crows are going right now, why would you risk him? Uh, Nat Fife, his hamstring has come back as a minor hamstring as opposed to it being more serious than was perhaps first expected. It now looks likely that Nat Fife might be able to play in round seven, uh, which will be the derby between uh, the Eagles and the Dockers. So that's good news for Fremantle. Uh, Luke Bruce. This has emerged this afternoon on afl.com.au. Luke Bruce has a jaw injury and he's expected to miss the next three to four weeks. And Luke Dunstan, Mitch Cleary had this story from afl.com.au, injured in a scratch match for the Saints on the weekend. He's not in their best team at the moment, um, but he's certainly uh, a depth player for them that if they have an injury in their midfield, he can come straight in and play a role. He won't be there for the next 10 to 12 weeks uh, he's torn his pec, and that is a substantial injury and one that's very difficult to come back from. So we wish him all the best. And to news off-field, Lockie Hunter has had four charges officially levelled at him today by Victoria Police for his April drink-driving incident. He's got one week to go on his suspension before he's available for the Western Bulldogs, but uh, there are all those other matters that he will need to face up to sooner rather than later as well. Let's talk some footy. one 736 to join me on the text 0433981116. Who has flown under the radar from the weekend? Now, I've got three written down. I'm not going to go with all of them now because I want to get stuck into our calls. One, I want to flag. and I want to take you all the way back to Thursday night. And it probably doesn't mean much in a losing team. 
Sydney were, yeah, they were okay without being ultra. Um, they're always around the mark, but they were, you just felt like the dogs were always going to push away with that game, and they did. Tom Papley in a losing performance for Sydney, four goals two, and, and was really the only forward 50 structure that they had. It was a sensational performance, I thought, in a losing team. For some of you, it may not mean a lot because he was in the losing team and and the dogs took care of business. But gee, Tom Patley's a fabulous player. Who knows what it looks like at the end of the year with him. He certainly wanted to go home at the end of last year and didn't, but he's responded in the best way possible. It could have gone one or two ways with Tom. He could have carried the bottom lip around all year and, and been okay. He's leading from the front. He really is. He's a fantastic player. I'm sure the Blues will try and have another crack at him. That's one player that I want to talk about. There's a couple of others that I want to talk about a little bit later on. 0433 98 11 16. Or you can give me a call on 1300 736 736. Let's talk a bit of footy. Let's talk about the performances from the weekend that you loved or the ones that need to improve. We start with Steve in Adelaide. G'day, Steve. Yeah, g'day, mate. How you doing? Good, thanks. Just want to talk about the Blues. Go on. Um, I'll, look, we're probably not going to win the flag. <laughs> Just jokes. <laughs> but I, I mean, everyone's banging on about St Kilda and North Melbourne and Gold Coast. And really, we're two and two. We lost to Melbourne by two points after being 40-odd points behind. We lost to Richmond by 24 points after being 40-odd points behind. Um, if my auntie had, you know, what, she'd be my uncle. But... We could easily be three and one. We could have got that game against Melbourne. And I reckon we've only played about four bad quarters all game, all year. Yeah, and Steve, to, to my eye, uh, to the way I've looked at Carlton this year, that Patrick Cripps is having another really, really good season. He's a star, but I reckon there's more to Carlton this year than just Patrick Cripps. Is that fair? Hell yeah, mate. Cripps, he didn't even play that good on the weekend, man. Um, David Cunningham, Levi's just. I don't know, he's out of control, must be up for a contract renewal, I think. But, um, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's across the board, but it's across the board. And we're not going to do anything if we're relying on, relying on Cripper every week. But, uh, yeah, you're spot on. Yeah, and as you say, Patrick Cripps, I thought Essendon, you talk about things that went under the radar. I thought Essendon's tag team effort with Kyle Langford and Jake Stringer on Patrick Cripps was fantastic. Really, really good. And it, it's not a role that I, I would have ordinarily put Jake Stringer in with. You think of him, you know, as a goal-kicking forward and a bit of time in the midfield. He did his job. He really did. And Kyle Langford, I think some Bombers supporters say that that's the perfect position for him to be running with the the opposition's best midfielder. He's big enough. He's strong enough. He can run for long enough. Maybe that's his role. Maybe that's his permanent position in this team for a long time to come. That's a performance that I thought went under the radar. Steve, just on the Blues before... I'd go any further because I don't want to miss this opportunity to talk about David Cunningham. You mentioned him, and I had him written down from the weekend. 28 disposals, seven score involvements, over 500 metres gained. He's the sort of player that you really don't have. A lot of teams don't have that that devastating run and carry and gain you know, significant metres like that. You don't have a lot of that in that Carlton team. You've got one in David Cunningham. They've been very patient with him through injury and through form and the good stuff and the bad stuff that comes with a young developing player. I thought that was his best performance for Carlton that I've seen him have in his career on the weekend. 
Hopefully there's more of that. And if there is, he will be... Don't worry about being a regular fixture in that team. He will become a very important fixture in your team. Steve, thanks for your call. Let's go to David Mernda. Evening, Dave. Hey, how are we going? Good. Yeah, I was just going to um, just put it out there with uh, D- D- Dan Butler. I, I just think he was quite exceptional on the weekend. And um, I think so far, first and Kilda... Um, this year, I think he's probably leading our best and fairest, and I think you know it might have been hit on a couple of times. I think he's very underrated out of the five, one of the five in the pickups. He may end up being your best pickup. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think so far he's he's really shown that. Um, obviously, also with Brad Hill, you know, just the speed watching him on the weekend. I think you know he was just the possessions that he didn't get, but what he did mm. to receive his possessions and what he created was just exceptional. Yeah, he may end up being Dave, thanks for your call. I agree. I did that game on the weekend. He may end up being St Kilda's best pickup. We know how good a player Brad Hill is already. His credentials are there, but again, for, for what you needed, you didn't really have anything of what Dan Butler is. Jack Loney's a you know a solid forward pocket option. Butler plays a bit higher than that and, and can push up the ground a little bit more. Gee, played like a man who had a point to prove, didn't he? <laughs> you could tell he was up against his old team. He set the tone early for St Kilda. He was the one in there early, winning the hardball, getting involved, being creative. Uh, when that game was up for grabs early on, it sort of petered out a, a little bit. But when that game early on was there, Dan Butler was the man who was leading the way. I thought he was absolutely superb. Really, really good performance from him. Uh, Mark's in Bacchus Marsh. Mark, we're talking about performances that have gone under the radar from the weekend. What have you got for us? Bailey Smith. Now, I know a few people noticed him a little bit after Thursday night's game, but I thought he flew under the radar last year. I actually thought he should have won the Rising Star, and I I actually truly believe that after the season he put in, and I don't think he got enough recognition for last season. But now with Josh Dunkley going down and, and him stepping up, in the middle to sort of fill the breach, I think you're going to find he's going to emerge and be the true potential superstar that I think he's going to be. Um, and I think he's, he's flown up to the, under the radar to a certain extent up till last Thursday night, but I think now he's starting to blip a little bit on some people's radar. Oh, I just reckon he doesn't play a bad game. I think that's the thing about him, Mark, that if I was a, a supporter of the Doggies... Plough talks about this a lot. What are you going to get from a player? I reckon you know you're going to get, at minimum, a 7 out of 10 from Bailey Smith every week. He's going to have some belters, and he had a really good game Thursday. Even at his lowest, he's still going to be around the mark, isn't he? I think someone's got to step in for Josh Dunkley. I agree with that. And judging from what we saw Thursday, Bailey Smith looks ready for that challenge. Good luck to him. I don't know about his hair. His hair's not really for me. Not that I really have a say in hair at all, but... He's a a seriously good little footballer. More of your calls on the other side of this. I want to talk about a Gold Coast player who I still reckon is flying under the radar. Matt Rowe's not. Everyone's talking about Matt Rowe. I want to talk about him on the other side of this. Greg from Blackburn, stay there. You'll be first up on the other side of this. More of your texts to come. And Alistair Lynch to join us in about 15 minutes from now on Time On. Time On with Jack Heverin. Oh, certainly, the way the West Coast Eagles are going, Jared, that's 50-50 at best. Their, their, their form line's been deplorable. So, um, almost irrespective of who they're playing this week, they go in 50-50 at best for mine. A little bit of Gaz talking on Fox Footy last night. We thank them for that audio. They they have been. I used the word deplorable last week on this show and Adelaide Crows supporters cracked the sads and 
I put it back on the Crows supporters then to tell me what it is. Um, for a quarter, it was better. I did the game on Sunday. It was it was better for a quarter, Adelaide, but not much more than that. They actually took the game on in the third quarter, and it's the best that they've looked all year, which, again, sort of dovetails us back to our conversation about the state of the game and all that sort of stuff. And when you actually do take the game on, how much easier things flow and how much better you can look. But as I say, we're putting that aside for tonight. We're talking about the stuff that's gone under the radar, the performances, team or individual from the weekend that has gone under the radar and we haven't spoken enough about because of all this other stuff that's been going on. Greg's in Blackburn has been waiting patiently. Evening to you, Greg. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Um, I'm a paid-up 40-year passionate Melbourne member and I was at the game 2018 when uh, Sam Wiedemann kicked those three goals. So I'm just wondering, what's happened to him? Where's he gone? You can't get in your team, Greg. I know, but why? I mean, what's wrong? I honestly don't know. Um, should you just persist now and see what happens? Probably. He kicked five in a scratch match a couple of weeks ago, and, and I sort of thought that that was the, the perfect opportunity to ease him in for whatever reason. And Simon Goodwin and his match committee will have their reasons, but it is really surprising to see that he's not in this team. Pick nine in his draft year. He's tall. He's athletic. He's had a couple of performances, like you said, Greg, where it all looked pretty good and you're starting to think, gee, okay, this young man's putting it together and then it's not happening. Um, I don't know why he's not in that team. Maybe he's just not good enough. Maybe Melbourne at this stage just don't think that Sam Wiedemann is where he needs to be and he's just not good enough. And that's a bigger problem because of the investment and because of the time that's been put into him. If they don't think that he's up to it, then you've got to go and try and find another answer. And Melbourne aren't exactly burning the house down when it comes to kicking goals right now. Another low-scoring game on the weekend, and I know that Geelong were, were just as guilty of it, but they looked most threatening, I thought, the Ds when the ball was on the ground. When uh, Bailey Fritch had a quiet game, but Cosie Pickett, when the Smalls could get busy, that's when they looked at their best, I thought. Um, for Sam Wiedemann, if he's not in this team right now when they're struggling to take marks and kick goals inside 50... I'm not sure when his opportunity is going to come. Greg, thank you. Over uh, 736 to join me. We're going to talk about we're talking about the stuff tonight that has gone under the radar, the individual or team performances that haven't got the credit that they deserved from the weekend. They've been buried in amongst all of this talk about the state of the game. I want to flag one, and Swampy's texted in actually and read my mind here. Swampy, thank you. Jared Witts for the Gold Coast Suns is arguably their most important player. I know Matt Rowell is getting all of the, the credits right now, and as he should, he's so exciting to watch. He's fantastic. And we'll talk to Alistair Lynch about that in about 10 minutes from now. But you talk about structures for teams and you talk about the most important player for a team. And for mine at the Gold Coast, that's Jared Witts because he is setting the table for all of these midfielders. His tap work's exquisite. He's averaging 26 of those a game. He's good when the ball's on the ground. He's third at the at the Suns for clearances, fourth for contested ball, and he won their best and fairest last year. And I spoke to him on Sunday for AFL Nation and just some of the, the really blunt assessment that he had of his team, for good and for bad, I came away from that chat just so impressed with what he's doing. He's co-captain of, of the Suns with David Swallow. But uh, I, th I think Jared Witt's performances 
not just this year, but last year as well. And a couple of years prior, as long as he's been at the Suns, he's been superb and it's just clicked for him. It didn't click at Collingwood for whatever reason. Again, a bit like we're just talking about with Sam Wiedemann, we saw glimpses. We saw parts where he thought that he was going to string together lots and lots of good footy and then, and then he didn't. And then a, a guy called Brody Grundy came along who's turned out to be pretty handy. So then that opportunity was lost for Jared Witts. But since he's gone to the Suns, he's taken that opportunity. He's become a fantastic player. And as I say, in my view, their most important player for the way that they're going week in, week out. 0433 98 11 16. That's 0433 98 11 16. Uh, a performance that's flying under the radar, Josh Dacos. He's quietly becoming a serious player. Foot skills, smarts, and a good goal sense. He reminds me of a young Robbie Gray. Did the Pies game against St Kilda a couple of weeks ago. And it's a bit hard sometimes when you're so used to going and seeing every game live, you, you see a lot more at the games and you'd, be, you'd all be the same as, as fans. We're all, you know, we all go to the game and we see different things. When I was seeing Josh Dacos play against St Kilda, I was really taken with how clean he was below his knees. And I know he's, he's only small, but his ground level stuff and his one touch stuff was fantastic to watch and he started to really work out where he fits into this team. He didn't have his biggest game against the Giants on the weekend, but he kicked a goal at an important stage. He's kicking goals most games and he's lively. He tackles well too. He had seven tackles against the Giants. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Five in the first game of the year, three against St Kilda. I like him. Yeah, I like him. I like him and I like both of the Browns for the different things that they give that Collingwood team. I think that Callum is going to become a sensational footballer for Collingwood. I really do. But I'd have Josh Dacos in a, in a similar conversation about just how good he's becoming for sure. Uh, this one off the text, the performance of the round was Marcus Bontempelli. GWS tried to bash him off the park. And then he put in a big game and then he followed it up the next week. And I barrack for Collingwood. I, I just love the way that Marcus Bonsampelli is becoming a captain and a leader so quick. He was always a leader in, this, in that team. He didn't need the title to be a leader, but uh, he's, he's leading by example. He stood up in the face of adversity against the Giants. I spoke about that last week. And then he just led from the front all game against Sydney. When they needed a lift, it was Bonson Pally. When they needed someone to go back and put themselves in the hot spot, it was Bonson Pally who ran back with the flight of the ball a couple of times. He's everything you would want in a leader. I know we've, from time to time we've done, you know, the, the talkback topic of who would you, which captain would you like to pinch from another club? There'd be a few that wouldn't mind Marcus Bonson Pally leading their club, that's for sure. Jeff off the text Says that little shout out for Shy Bolton took his chances and showed glimpses of what he'll be doing for the next 10 years for the Tigers. Uh, also big Nank uh, for well and truly taking back his number one ruck spot. He looked like a man who will be better for the run. I thought Toby Nankervis, he was solid without being spectacular. Um, I thought Rowan Marshall had a fantastic game for the Saints. 
talk about things that have gone under the radar, and that's the theme of what we're doing tonight. It didn't go under the radar from my perspective and seeing it um, that Rowan Marshall rucking one out is the way that St Kilda need to go. And for Paddy Ryder, that's going to be tough because he's come to the Saints for the intention to play footy. But they look so much better with Rowan Marshall rucking 75, 80% of the game. And then you get some chop outs from, I think Jonathan Marsh might've taken a few taps. And when it went forward, I think Tim Membry might've gone up a couple of times. They looked so much more fluid around the ball with Rowan Marshall spending all of their time there. So they've tried it. They've had a look at it. It's not to say that they won't do it again, but to my eye on Saturday, I I thought that's from a, a midfield perspective, that's the cleanest St Kilda have looked in stoppage footy this year. And that was because Rowan Marshall was rucking for a decent chunk of the game. Saints fans agree or disagree? one 736 736 Dwayne's on the road. Hello, Dwayne. Hey, mate. How are you? Good, thanks. That's good. Question for you. Just obviously the, the Zachy Merritt, the jumper punch, happens you know, 10 times a game and obviously was outcome based. The Melbourne fellow who ran into Stewart in the back line broke his collarbone 100 metres off the ball and there's nothing being done or said about it. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that one. Yes, that was Tom McDonald, if my memory serves. Um, I think it creates, Dwayne, a dangerous precedent if we suspend off the injury or what happens as a result of the action. I don't want to get too bogged down in the technicalities of the, the MRO, uh, but I think if we, are, if we are judging it based off what happens as a result, then... Incidents like the weekend, which again, and some will say that we see the, the Zach Merritt issue a hundred times a game or that sort of action. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think when you clench your finch, fist, it becomes a different story. But the incident between Tommy Stewart and Tom McDonald, we do see bumping hundreds of times a game and off the ball. And I don't really know what it achieves, but they do it. If we were to take that, action and the result into consideration, then then maybe that's the path that needs to go. Short answer, um, I haven't seen one that's divided people as much this year than, uh, than perhaps the Zach Merritt issue has. That's really split people down the middle. I, I thought he should have got a week. I thought that sort of action, when they've been trying to crack out on it, and you send someone off to hospital, it doesn't read well. But, Dwayne, I take into your point your point about Tom Stewart, for sure. Thanks for your call. Ben's on the Gold Coast. G'day, Ben. Yeah, how are you, guys? What's, you on your, there? what's on your mind, Ben? Um, I think we're overlooking. Remember, uh, Fremantle, they were pretty upset. So they decided to try to bash up the Gold Coast Suns, mate. And then when a few of our guys went in to fight the fire... A few bigger guys from Frio came in and smashed those guys as well. But there wasn't one Gold Coast player that took a backward step. No, it's good to see. I, I liked it. And we'll talk to Alistair Lynch about that soon, Ben. So keep listening. They're taking some really, really positive steps forward, the Suns. I, I like watching them. I know that some are absolutely in love with them right now. But you saw a Fremantle team on the weekend who, as you say, tried to get physical with them. And they didn't flinch. They looked it in the face. They took it on. And they won the game. And they won the game really, really impressively. So it's just the little things like that. We're not going to get pushed around anymore. We're not going to cop that sort of stuff. We've copped it for long enough. 
you've got to take steps forward like that. And I thought that was a good one on the weekend. A couple of others off the text. Todd Goldstein leading the league in clearances. Isn't he playing good footy at the moment, Goldie? Absolutely superb. Uh, Rick from Brisbane says, Thursday night shootout this week. Tegan Ratton will let the game flow and entertain everyone under lights. Who would have thought the Blues versus the Saints could be the match of the round? Yeah, that's it. Let them all go. Release release all of the shackles. Let's just play attacking footy and let's have a crack. And Nathan says, Jake Carlisle hasn't got the recognition he deserves in the past few weeks after that debilitating back injury. He's holding our back line together. Yeah, he's carried that back injury for a couple of years. It's the best I've seen Jake Carlisle move in quite some time. And I think we'd almost forgotten how good a player he is. Alistair Lynch to join us after this here on Time On. Good to have you with us on Time On. Melbourne Storm Hour coming up next hour. The boys from Melbourne City will be with you a little bit later on as well. And you can join me across the hour. one 736 736 on the phone. 0433 98 11 16 on the text. We've been talking about the performances from the weekend that have gone under the radar. I like this one. Jack Henry is going under the radar pretty nicely as a defender for the Cats. Probably wasn't his finest moment at the end of the Cats-Blues match, though. Other than that, he's showing pretty good bravery and composure. Riggs is in Fremantle. Riggs, good evening. Who's going under the radar? Hello, you're not talking to me, are you? Is your name Riggs? Yes, it is. Come on in then. Come on (laughs) in, please. We're live on air. Who's going under the radar right now? Sorry, mate. I was blocked for sound. Um, I I just wanted to ask about... I wanted to talk about Bill Sidebottom, um, if that's all right. Uh, Sure. Easily, once he gets tagged, he's, um, you know, what does he do? What does Collingwood do about him? Because um, GWS seem to get him every time lately. Yeah, it's funny how some players have got matchups that, that just work. And Kane, spoke, Corns has spoken a lot about this, that there were some players that he felt he could stop more than others. There seems to be something with the Giants that they can get a handle on steel side bottom. Not every team can. He's a hard man to stop, but... For various reasons, it seems to be that the Giants and maybe Matt DeBoer, one of them, can get a handle on him. I thought he might have gone forward a little bit more, perhaps, on Friday night. But not many teams are stopping him. Well done to the Giants because they've been able to find a way to stop him. Riggs, thanks for your call. 0433 98 11 16 to join me on the text. That's 0433 98 11 16. There's a lot of discussion about the way footy looks at the moment and the way that it's being played and... Well, I sort of thought that there's probably not a man who's seen more footy than Alistair Lynch right now. With so much footy in Queensland, every time I turn on the telly, Lynchy's there and he joins me tonight on Time On. Lynchy, good evening. Good evening, Jack. How are you, mate? You've been a busy boy. Yeah, I don't think it's a, it's probably not a great thing you see me on everything, but um, <laughs> I must admit, I'm really enjoying it. I mean, to have uh, saturation of football up here and... I think we're a bit lucky at the moment because probably got three of the form teams of the competition playing out of um, the Queensland hub. So it's actually really enjoyable to go to the footy each week. Has there been a bit of buzz around town just with the amount of footy that's on as well? And the Broncos are a bit 50-50 and and we know that Queensland sports fans can jump on and off depending on success. With the Suns and and the Lions going okay, has there been a few more that have jumped on? Yeah, I think um, there is a certain portion that's a bit transient in southeast Queensland that'll go from rugby league, and that's the dominant um, code up here. So um, we've got a fair supporting, a supportive base uh, up here now, and they're getting plenty of uh, coverage in the press. Probably you're still not going to get the number one spot because um, with the Broncos going so poorly, 
they're getting that much more coverage at the mm. moment because they're getting smacked smack in the media. But now we're getting a good portion of uh, the coverage and probably the Gold Coast Suns um, much more than they've ever had before, realistically. We didn't want to talk to you tonight about the state of the game. We've been doing that all day and, and no doubt you've read a lot of the commentary. But I, I did certainly want to talk to you because you are at games and you're seeing it at ground level. What are you seeing? Um, well, again, I'm fortunate enough that I'm seeing Port Adelaide, Gold Coast Suns and the Brisbane Lions. Um, and they are playing a really high-speed game. They're scoring. Um, and the thing that reminds me is when you're going down on the boundary line, and especially when before the crowds came back, you certainly hear the hits. I know I'm well and truly retired, but, geez, I wouldn't like to be in those contests. But, <laughs> but what I, what I am seeing is an aggressive ball movement from the Suns, Port Adelaide and Brisbane who are all trying to get in through the corridor and go quickly. Um, and that's something we probably saw the, the Suns weren't capable of that for a long time. Port Adelaide have um, been trying to do that in recent years, probably going faster, but now they've got targets inside 50. So they, they really fell down in the last few years because they weren't able to convert their forward 50 entries into scores. Now they know that they can pull the trigger and go to a 200-centimetre forward that's actually catching it at the moment. So that's interesting because you just mentioned the three teams there, Port Adelaide, Gold Coast, Brisbane. They're one, two, and three on the table. Is there a trend there? Do you think that that may start to rub off on other teams that, that are seeing the success that these three are having by, by being daring and taking the game on? It will, or it could... Well, when they, I'm sure when teams come up against these clubs, they're going to go really hard defensive to try to shut them down. You, you tend to find once you get into the season, clubs don't want to get into a shootout. They are thinking defence first. So clubs will be looking at these these teams and, and think, how do we stop their run? And they'll be just looking at smothering them around the contest, I, I reckon, which is um, um, probably what other clubs have tried to do in, in recent weeks and haven't been able to do it. So, But definitely speed in the game with those three teams is what they're trying to do and they're looking very potent. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good trend, but mm. I can't see teams going head-to-head trying to go into a shootout. They'll be trying to lock them down, I would have thought. It'd be interesting to see how the, those defensive teams try and overcome them. Let's talk about the Suns, Lynch. You've seen a, a lot of them. It's been... Remarkable that the team that we saw in round one that were completely outclassed by Port Adelaide since then have completely turned things around and they're a very watchable team right now. Well, that, they are. They're, they're playing a really attractive game of footy and you would have seen a, a lot of the pre-season stuff as well. So the outlier for the Gold Coast Suns was round one. Yep. Their two games in the pre-season, they belted Geelong at Metricon. They all beat it was a pre-season game, but they, they belted them. Then got a... I think a win by seven points over Adelaide in South Australia, but they had many more scoring shots. So through the preseason and then from round two on, they've been playing this attractive, hard-running um, football. So looking back at the round one, that was the outlier. And probably, as we've seen from Port Adelaide, they've been a very good side as well. So maybe they just out-pressured the Gold Coast. But they're playing with a lot of confidence I think um, you've seen a lot of the Suns in recent years. You've got, they've got Jared Witts, who's 6'10", in the middle of the ground, gets his hand onto pretty much everything. But in, in past years, he just knocked the ball inside because they didn't have the speed on yep. the outside to to um, impact the contest. And they didn't want to get hurt the other way. 
But now, with his putting it out into space, and we saw twice on the weekend that they ran out of the middle of the ground and just laced out, I think it was Sam Day once and Ben King once. Uh, and that's things just we haven't seen before. So they've got some confidence all over the ground now. And now I think their depth, I mean, when you think that uh, Fiorini and, and Lemons got dropped a couple of weeks ago, mm. you think, geez, they've been pretty much playing for the last three years. Um, so their squad's um, looking pretty good. And Rankin has played, I think, the last two weeks in the twos, so he's not too far away. So ordinarily, four games into a season, we would say you know, still a long way to go and, and there's still a, a lot of areas that can go wrong and all that sort of stuff. We're so far out. But the, the season's been shortened. We don't know what it is all going to look like. What is now, from a, a win-loss perspective, Lynchy, what is what is a successful result now for the Gold Coast Suns, considering where they are, they stand after four weeks? I think if if they don't have a positive win-loss ratio, they'd be disappointed at this stage um, because they've got off to this start. And I think it was a was it a 7-3 start they had about four or five years ago when Gaz was at the top of his yeah. game before he broke his shoulder. This appears to be a more attractive and a more sustainable game that they're playing at the moment. I mean, Gaz was flying, probably one of the greatest players of all time, but he was doing a lot himself. Now there's a... Uh, more even spread, albeit Matt Rowe's putting on a clinic in the middle of the ground. But um, there, there is a more even spread. They've got a, um, a target or two in their forward 50. Their back line's uh, combining well, just bigs and smalls. And they've got more depth and quality depth through the rotations in the middle of the ground. So I think it's more sustainable. So a, a yeah, positive win-loss ratio would be very achievable, I would have thought. Alistair Lynch joining us tonight on Time On. It's not often that when we talk about the Queensland teams, Lynchy, we start with the Suns and then go to the Brisbane Lions. Wow. But uh, the Lions, I've had them the last couple of weeks, uh, albeit we can't travel at the moment, so I'm not seeing what's happening at ground level where we're from a studio. But they look like they're starting to find a, a nice rhythm now. Yeah, I think you're right in saying they look like they're starting to find it. I mean, round two, when the season kicked off, a few weeks ago, they came up against uh, Frio and, and sort of did enough. They had a stupid free kick at quarter time, stupid free kick at half time, giving away goals. And then Frio were a chance with that Kavanagh non-paid mark in the last quarter where they could have snatched it. So I think they they did enough and that was it. And I think the week after against the West Coast Eagles, they were, they were pretty good. And they just started to really get up and going and, I mean, what was it, about 30 scoring shots to 10 on the weekend against Adelaide Crows. But importantly, it was McCluggage and Berry, who were these rising stars in their, I think, fourth year now, um, that look like they're really providing drive for that club. So um, Zorko's pretty much been ineffective over the last three week, weeks with injury. And um, Steph Martin's been out of the side. Mm. And just see these younger guys almost starting to take the handle of the team and, and uh, drag it along rather than just re- relying on some of the older guys. Just before we let you go, what are you hearing in terms of both teams? Are they, is it expected that they'll hub somewhere sometime soon? What, what does it all look like? Yeah, I think, um, and especially with what we're hearing more and more now, I think they're expecting to be hubbing somewhere um, and um, whether that's New South Wales or South Australia you know, it's probably not going to be Victoria, but no, they're fully no. expecting to be on the road for a um, for a fair while. And I mean, they've had, especially the Brisbane Lions, who go into the season with some confidence as well, and they have 
all of their first five rounds um, at the Gabba. That's a pretty good start. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty happy to jump on the road with this good start under their belt. Yeah, no doubt. Still some good stuff to come, I reckon. Lynchy, thanks for your time. Always really generous with it. Appreciate it. No, anytime. Thanks. Lions champion Alistair Lynch joining us tonight here on Time On. Interesting there about the Suns and Lynchy saying that he feels that a, an even win-loss record is where they need to be. You think about that. They end up with nine wins. Just about will get them there, you'd think. I reckon eight and a half, nine wins might be enough to jag a spot in the finals this year. Wouldn't that be a story? Still a long way to go, I know, and things can unravel, but they're putting themselves in the right spot. No doubt about it. We'll come back and wrap it up. It's time on. The end. Your home of sport. Time on with Jack Heverin. The, the talk around the, the, the players as far as um, how, how tight they're going to be, if, there, there can't be anyone pulling away. Um, there's always, we were told as a players that there's a bus going uh, and all the players are on the way, are heading on the same way. If every player is going with the same mindset, with positive talk, positive mindset, that um, it's going to be smooth sailing and you're going to get over the bumps and the hurdles and the issues. As soon as people start um, negatively talking about what we're doing and pulling away from the direction of what the club's going, that's where you're going to start having issues. And I think that's got to be the talk. Champion of the game, Luke Hodge, talking today with Jared. If you haven't heard Hodgie, and you're going to hear a fair bit of Hodgie, he's joined the team. We're very excited to learn today that Hodgie will be part of our crunch time team from this weekend with Andy and Sammy Edmund and Jared, and he'll join Jared on a Tuesday as well. But if you haven't listened to his segments today, jump online now, sen.com.au. Download the podcast. I was out walking at the dog park with Reggie, the wonder dog, this morning, and uh, I thought it was fantastic. I think Reggie thought it was fantastic as well. He's a great addition to the SEN family. Uh, He also spoke about the players needing to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, and um, there was a lot of leadership conversation within it, and I thought he was absolutely superb. Travis Old spoke to Jared this morning. Here's what he had to say about some footy potentially not being played in Victoria. There is a possibility um, if we are cycling teams through WA, Queensland, and New South Wales, there may be periods where there isn't... um, you know, a game in Victoria. I'm just not sure at the moment. Things are changing quickly. Um, at the moment, obviously, in Victoria, we've got our, our challenges, but it could, you know, and hopefully it does swing back the other way sooner rather than later, and, and conditions may change again. That's one man with a very, very difficult job right now, Travis Old, in charge of fixturing the AFL. What it looked like at the start of the day is probably going to look very different tomorrow when he comes back into his office. He's doing the best he can. Uh, this one from Daniel in Yarraville says, what's your thoughts on the Bombers? Not just this week, they've done nothing but bomb the ball into the forward line for three years. On the weekend, they bombed away, kicking over their shoulders from all over the ground. When coming out of defence, uh, all they do is just bomb long. It's doing my head in. Please. That's <laughs> Daniel. Um, they, they need a key forward and they need a target that they can rely on, that they can depend on and that they can kick to with confidence and Sean McKernan tries his backside off every week. You can never question his intent. Um, you wonder whether, I mean, James Stewart's just not been the player that they'd hoped that he was going to be. You wonder whether there's the temptation to potentially flick Kale Hooker forward again. They've done it before with success, um, but they've also been really strong in the belief that that a Hooker-Hurley combination is, is what they want as part of their back six. And I can understand that too, but... Um, at the moment, they're another team that, that actually look the most likely to score Essendon, I thought, 
and have thought all year when the ball's on the ground. Um, there's not a lot of high marking going on um, when McDonald, Tip and Woody and Fantasia and Stringer, when they can access the ball when it's on the ground and it's a loose ball situation, that to me, that's when they look their most dangerous. Um, they need Joe Danaher. They've been so long without him now that we've almost forgotten about him. But they desperately, desperately need him. And starting to hear some positive stuff out of Essendon that he's taking some steps forward. Not suggesting he'll play in the next couple of weeks, but certainly starting to hear that he's taking some uh, progress in the right direction to potentially be out there, which is good to see uh, as well. Off the text before we finish up, Melbourne Storm Hour coming up very, very shortly. Kyle Langford deserves a pump up for his job on Crips. Yeah, we spoke about that earlier in the show, that the tag team effort that Stringer and Langford did was uh, absolutely superb. And, uh, what about this one as well? Uh, Stuart Jew is a star. Enough said. And this one from Sid, Tim English. He will be the best ruckman in the game. Thought he was great on the weekend. Long time ago, last Thursday, wasn't it? But thought he was really, really good against Sydney. Uh, struggled in a couple of his other contests. Definitely struggled against Brody Grundy. But he wouldn't be on his own there. Hey, big thanks to everyone for your calls and your texts this hour. Love catching up with everything that's been happening from across the day. We'll do it all again tomorrow night from 6 o'clock. Stick around. The boys from the Melbourne Storm are up next here on SEN. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.